Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Biggest heartbreaks. Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. It would be wild, bring your own guts. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. Welcome back, folks, to the Wes and Walker Show. This is Team Week, and it is time to talk about the Clemson Tigers. And as we do for every Team Week to start things off, we're going to get into the recent success of the Clemson Tigers. And it's been a whole lot of it, led by head coach Dabo Sweeney in his 15th full season as head coach. He spent 21 seasons on the Clemson staff in total. In total, we know that it was one of the most improbable hires, runs, all of that stuff. Dabo, we've heard him talk about how he didn't even think he was going to get the job, even be considered, all of that good stuff. But what has he done? The first coach in program history to lead Clemson to multiple national championships. He's got an 80% win percentage. He enters the 2023 season as the winning active the winningest active coach by percentage in the FBS among coaches with at least 10 seasons of head coaching experience. He enters 2023 as the seventh longest tenured head coach in the FBS. His 161 and 39 record through 200 career games puts him alongside college football Hall of Famers Bob Stoops and Robert Nealon for the fifth most wins through 200 games in college football history. And in 2022, they went 11-3, and and they won another ACC championship. They became the first program in an active Power 5 conference to win seven outright titles in an eight-year span since Alabama won eight out of nine SEC titles outright from 1971 through 1979. They extended their streak of consecutive 10-win seasons to 12, becoming only the third FBS program ever to record double-digit wins in a dozen consecutive seasons. And their 6-4 and four all-time in the college football playoffs, second-most wins of any program since the format's inception. So lots and lots and lots of success under Dabo, Dabo. Sweeney. Lots of success under Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, how about two championships in three years worth of time when you go back from 2016, 2017, going 12 and 2, and then the next year going undefeated at 15 and 0? They went to the championship the year after that as well. They went to four championship games out of five seasons total. And they haven't been back to the championship game since the last one in 2019. Now, the fact that we're talking about that being a disappointment for Clemson football, even here we are in the early 2020s, 
the fact that we are not that far removed from Clemsoning being a bad a bad verb. Mm-hmm. If you were Clemsoning, that means you were choking down the stretch and you weren't winning many football games. Dabo takes over in 2008, goes four and three in seven games, nine and five, six and seven, and then goes to at least a bowl game every single year. And how about in 2011, Wes? That's when they started their double-digit win seasons. Ten and four, and they're not looking back after that run. This is what's crazy about Clemson. We look back at last year and think, man, that's a little bit of a disappointing season. 11-3, and 10-3, and three, three losses, and you had become accustomed to them flirting with an undefeated season, but most likely dropping one, maybe two. But the fact that you dropped three games last year and you still win the ACC championship and your quarterback wasn't amazing and certainly did not live up to a lot of the expectations he had after what was a prolific passing performance against Notre Dame, going for 400 yards a couple of times, you did not get that DJ Uyunglele. Nope. But then Cade Klubnik comes in and has a great game against the ACC champion representative in North Carolina. But now it's still a little bit of a question mark there. Even with the question mark at quarterback, this is why you have to put your faith in Clemson. Because despite that happening last year, the disappointment, they still win the championship. They still win the conference championship. Now you get an offensive coordinator who is really highly regarded where he got to the championship game last year. Garrett Riley was coaching in that thing, and now he's coaching with Clemson. You have a defense that I'm really high on this year. I don't know how you aren't. They have a great linebacking duo coming back. They were actually 17th in points against last season in the entire country, and you have a lot of returning starters. Yes, even if you lose four guys going to the NFL, Mm -hmm. the starters that are coming back are really good. They're just reloading and reloading like they've become accustomed to. Will Shipley, your boy, you called him the best running back, the best skill player in the ACC outside of QB. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you have some debate with Trey Benson this year, but it's not like it's a hot debate. Will Shipley very well could turn out the best season. you got to be high on Clemson. It's why they absolutely are going to be in the mix to get back to the championship game this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think the impressive thing about it is just how Dabo's done it. I say it to people all the time. Coming up as a kid, when I would watch Clemson football, they always seemed like a team that every four years when they had a really uh, seasoned veteran team that they would win 10 games, perhaps go to a bowl game, that was New Year's Day or later and that was the best you were going to get I never thought that this program would have reached the heights that it has under Dabo Sweeney as far as just competing for a national championship like they've approached elite SEC team like uh, expectations when I talk about like the Georgias the Alabamas and Georgia has just gotten back to this point but the Alabamas the LSUs to where And even the Floridas, which we'll see in the documentary, you see it in the trailer for the documentary about the Florida Gators to where it's championship or bust around those parts and anything less is a failure. And I think that Clemson has approached that status under Dabo Sweeney and that's something I never thought they would do. And I feel like the biggest thing that he's done, he went out again and got SEC-like in how he recruited the defensive line, building that depth on the defensive lines, getting nasty up front on the offensive line, not to mention the slew of great skill players that he's had there as well. And then no doubt about it, the transcendent quarterbacks that he's had, especially when you talk about Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence helped get him over that hump as well. But I just think that everything that he's been able to do there, building this program into what it is, it's been remarkable to say the least uh, because for so long you watched this league and you thought if anybody was going to be uh, the, the the standard bearer in the league, it was going to be Florida State as far as a national perspective. They won the title in 2013. They dominated 
dominated the 90s, the early 2010s. They were still good. And Clemson, you always thought that at best would maybe luck up and get a win against a Florida State in some years and win the ACC championship in the regular season. But now, as I've said, and we've talked about, Dabo has eight ACC championships, two national championships under his belt. They are one of the premier programs in all of America. Uh, and, and this is just one of the great, great programs across this country, man. And you can't say enough about the job that that staff has done. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's why it's why you expect Clemson at least to get to the conference championship game. And you probably expect them to win it every single season. Every time there's an opportunity to possibly pick a different team, I think pundits are going to do that. This year, it's Florida State. It is not inconceivable to think that Florida State finally has enough talent to the point where maybe they can bring Clemson down. But we've had this conversation before. We had it a couple of weeks ago. Did Florida State get so good and this good a year too late? Mm -hmm. If they were this good last year, maybe that's the year that they're able to win the ACC championship. But now Clemson says, look, that was too close for comfort. We got to go fix this. So now they have Kate Klubnick, DJU, he's out. Didn't work for him. Maybe you blame DJ. Maybe Go you get Gary Riley. Whatever. You got a different quarterback now, and you have a new offensive coordinator. All right, enough of this playing around stuff. Let's go get one of the best play callers in all of college football, and let's pony up to go get him. Let's pay that man his money. And then you expect the defense to pick up where it left off last year. And this is a team that did not lose until November when they get to Notre Dame on the road. You lose 35 to 14. You lose 31 to 30, the second to last game of your year before the bowl game. And then you lose to South Carolina 31 to 30. Don't want to lose against the rival in the Gamecocks. I totally get it. But, man, this is all while DJU's not throwing for anything other than, like, 230 a game. Not even. If DJU threw for 230 yards, that was on the high end of how much on how much he could throw for. They were 66th in the country in passing offense last year, Wes, and they're still doing enough comfortably to win the ACC championship. Maybe it might be a trendy thing to go click on Florida State when you're doing your ACC polls as that being the best team in the conference. But Clemson has reigned supreme this entire decade, and I expect them to bounce back once again. Bounce back after a three-loss year, right? Like, I expect them to get even better. And even if Kate's not Trevor Lawrence, because that's the ultimate question. Even if Klubnik's not Trevor Lawrence, even if Klubnik's not Deshaun Watson, I expect him to be better than what DJU was last year. And that may be all you need in order to get back to the college football playoff. Yeah, and so when you look at it, man, and you talk about Dabo, in your opinion, do you think that he is the GOAT ACC coach? Man, that's it, it's such a loaded, it's such a big-time question, but I don't know who would be better right now. Bobby Bowden is the one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many championships that he has within the ACC. He got two. Bowden is the guy that comes to mind, and then who else would be a part of the running here? Yeah, that's, that's the guy I look at as well. When you look at... Uh, Coach Bowden and what he did at FSU, and he got two national titles for the state. Dominated the '90s, early, early 2000s as well. Um, you know, Frank Beamer is one that you'd have to throw out there. Like you'd have to give him a mention just for conversation. Right. But Beamer, and he is came not. to the league kind of late. Like yeah. he didn't get into the ACC. Like Tech was still good, but they weren't right their most dominant season in the ACC. Well, and even when Miami comes aboard and joins the ACC, they had had their success in the Big East before you actually get to the ACC. And so you're not really, you're not talking Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Like with all their championships, you can go to that 01 roster in Miami. But again, I mean, I don't know if anybody would say like Larry Coker or Butch Davis <laughs> are the best ACC coaches of all time. 
it's got to be Dabo or Bobby Bowden. And then I'll tell you this, the thing that Dabo has over everyone is who has the biggest turnaround? Who, who has a bigger turnaround at their respective university compared to Dabo? Well, yeah, Bobby Bowden, when he did come to Florida State, they were a perennial doormat. They really were. Uh, yeah, they were, they were really bad. Was it so bad to the point that the verb was Florida Stating compared to Clemsoning? It wasn't, I mean, look. but Florida State wasn't even a thought when Bobby Bowden took that job over. Um, you know, but when you, when you compare the accomplishments, because he's the second winner in his coach in college football history, he's had 14 consecutive 10-win seasons from 87 to 2000. Dabo has 12 at this point, consensus national titles in 93 and 99. And the 99 squad was the first in college football history to go wire to wire uh, as the number one team all season long. But it, it's a great debate. If I want to so, be definitive, I'm going to go. You're going to go Dabo? Oh, it's so tough, man. I love Cozy Bowden so much. I'm going to go Dabo. So, Dabo. So, yeah, if you look at Bobby Bowden, he takes over for Daryl Mudra in 1974. Or excuse me, in 1976 he takes over that job, but they're going three and eight, one and ten, zero oh and eleven. There is an awful three-year stretch. But Larry Jones had them going to a couple of bowl games before he goes defeated, zero oh and eleven, that 1973 season. And Bill Peterson has them going bowling in a couple of games before that. I just look Florida State for sure, right? Like it's a big turnaround. I didn't give it enough love. Just when we talk about Clemson. Having a team that was all over the place, and then Dabo comes in, and now they're a perennial powerhouse. Like, even now, it's a down year, man. Mm-hmm. And they lost three games. I'm probably going to go Dabo. Okay. All right. Well, that's great debate, man. And both of them are fantastic coaches. And you would think that Dabo's got a lot of years left at Clemson to be able to surpass uh, even what he's done so far. Last last thing I want to mention about Bowden. So, if you look at when he started to win double-digit games every single season— He had his first double-digit winning season. Well, he had a couple in the late 70s, but then he had them consecutively. In 1987, he goes 11-1, and then he has a double-digit winning season every year up until 2000, and then you have a 10-3 season before eventually you get Jimbo Fisher in there. But there is, what, an 87-2000 to run where he doesn't do anything other than double-digit victories, and then you look at what Dabo Sweeney's been able to do. He's closing in on that. He's closing in on that kind of run. So we're getting into Bowden territory as far as what Dabo was able to accomplish when Florida State was at the peak of their powers. All right. Well, when we come back, that was our first edition of Team Week for the Clemson Tigers to start their week off. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Oh, Kate Klubnick, starting quarterback, working alongside Garrett Ryan. That's right, man. I know he's just like, man, I just saw this guy in the other Can't room. Can't get rid of him. He pops up all <laughs> on the radio. Listen, Kate, sometimes when you don't make it to the NFL, you got to work really hard, man, to try to do stuff and have multiple <laughs> jobs, you know? So we got two jobs out here. That's why I didn't make it. I, I wasn't in the NFL, so with these noodle arms. That's, that's, right. that's why I'm doing media right now. That's right. Well, Kate, listen, man, this is your show this year under Coach Garrett Riley, and a lot of people have talked about uh, the marriage, like Walker said, between you two and him coming in having an office that you were used to running to coming coming used to running out of Texas where you came from in high school man so just talk about what the difference has been with coach Riley this spring and how excited you are coming into this fall yeah uh, so excited uh, so excited I mean he's just a guy that, that brings a lot of energy brings a lot of confidence um, you know I, I feel like I I feel like I see a lot of myself in him, which is kind of, I know, strange to say about an older person, but um, I feel like we're just very similar in, in that kind of aspect. So uh, we've, we've been getting along super, super well and uh, just super excited. It's Kate Klubnick joining us here on the Bonnie Works Plus guest hotline live at ACC kickoff. Kate, how tough was last year for you? I, look, I understand you're playing quarterback for Clemson, right? It's a phenomenal opportunity. At the end, you start to play a little bit more. The North Carolina game, the ACC championship, that was really when you got to play a full game's worth almost of excellent football. How hard was it trying to find a rhythm for you when you didn't know necessarily how many snaps you were going to play week in and week out? Yeah, uh, just, I mean, honestly, I just trusted the coaches. Um, at the end of the day, it, w it wasn't my timing. Um, and, you know, I was just, I, w I would be ready every single week. Um, but, you know, I, I, I prepared every single week like I was going to start. Um, and then the moment came and I was ready. And um, just, just trusted the coaches with that. And, yeah. So how different is this offseason for you? Because you have DJU as the starter last year, and then eventually you would take over. So how different is the offseason for you now, knowing that you're going to be the guy taking over for this offense? Yeah, uh, it's been great. It really has. I feel like I've been able to just step up as a leader, uh, step up in this program in ways that they need me to, um, and, and just ways that I that we didn't have before. Um, and, and just... I, I, it's been so good to just push guys in places that they haven't been able to be pushed. Uh, just push guys to places that they they, they didn't want to get pushed. Uh, they they weren't ready to, to take that next step to actually be great to, to hopefully work like a national champion. Um, and, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to get this team to. And we got great leaders amongst this team that, that we're all on the, we're on the same page. Uh, we're, we're all in the same mindset of, of where we really want to be. And ultimately, that's that's when a national championship. And, Kay, talk about just it's one thing to go to a program with, with big expectations where people expect you to win championships. But at Clemson, not only do you have to deal with that, but then you have to deal with fans comparing you to two college football legends and Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. So just talk about uh, some of the fun parts of that and then some of the parts that are tough because that adds on to the expectations of already winning championships. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, comparisons are going to happen here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just trying to play like me. Uh, I remember my mom always says, just be you. Um, and if I do that, then everything will be okay. So I'm just trying to be Cade at the end of the day. I'm just trying to be the best me that I can possibly be. Um, and just attack every single day. And um, I, I think if, if we do that and everybody does that at our team and we, we play like Clemson every single week, then, then we should be all right.
And then I've got to ask you, too, when you look at the landscape of the ACC uh, with yourself in the year that you could have, Drake May, Jordan Travis, Riley Leonard, and all of those guys, let's talk about the, the quarterback talent in the ACC alone and how much does that motivate you each and every week just to go out and ball out? And do you ever check on any of the other guys and be like, oh, i got to see what he did hmm. today? Hmm. No, I mean – Definitely. I mean, there's so much talent in this league right now, uh, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, you got, like you said, we got we got Drake, you got uh, Travis, you got uh, Riley, you got you got so many guys that, you know, they've done great things already, and they're going to continue to do great things and have a great career, uh, hopefully at the next level. Um, so to play them week in, week out, you know, we're going to get to probably play all. We're going to get to play them all this year, um, and that's going to be a great matchup for our defense and. Um, but I'm, I'm focused on Cade right now, and I'm focused on being the best me that I can be, and I'm not trying to compare myself. Um, I'm, I'm not anybody else, but so I'm not going to try to be anybody else. Um, so I've, I've gotten to, to where I am right now just being Cade, so I'm just going to try to keep doing that. Um, so you brought up your mom giving you some advice. We also just talked about Riley Leonard. Did you see what Riley Leonard has his mom do? <laughs> I, I heard about that. Have you experimented with getting a wristband that says you suck and then hearing your mom's voice in the background? Has that been something that occurred to you at all? <laughs> uh, I've not. That's pretty funny stuff. Yeah, though. it's not anything that I've uh, wanted to have either. Last question before we get you out of here. So your mom's not going to get mad at you, right? I want to know what the angriest Coach Sweeney has been at you because we've been doing ACC media mm -hmm. days for quite some time. I've heard some pretty legendary chew outs from I think we had Cleveland Furl on not you know a couple of years ago same thing with Christian Wilkins is there one specific time you can remember the angriest that coach has ever been at you um <laughs> I know you got uh, it Kay. Just it's okay you can yeah. let it to safe space uh, I mean you know I, I made a pretty big mistake last year a rookie mistake in the uh, in the in the orange bowl last year right before the half I'm not getting rid of the ball so that that was that was that was a pretty rough one was that on the sideline just letting you have it yeah okay all right, well, we won't go anymore. And I got to do one more for Kate, too. I got to okay. give it up. I saw you on an interview. You were sitting on a couch, and you had on, I think it was a dope vintage Clemson T-shirt, or it was some type of vintage T-shirt. Yeah, you know what was, I'm talking about? Yeah, it was a, uh, oh, man. Uh, oh, man, it was a Kansas City Chiefs uh, sweatshirt. Yeah, you had, it, was, it was dope, but I just wanted to ask you, are you a vintage merch guy, man? Because you were, you were pretty drippy. <laughs> when I saw that, I said, man, I said, Kay's got some, uh, got, got some swag there. Do you, find, do you have a little vintage shop down there in Clemson that you go find that stuff or you get it offline? Yeah, there, there's a good vintage shop in Clemson. I got one of my buddies actually runs like a vintage shop that uh, he, ended up, he ended up giving me that, guessing me, gifting it to me for, for, that, uh, for that podcast. So, yeah. All right, All right man. That's appreciate drippy it. Cade Klubnik. Join us here on Wesson Walker. Uh, we appreciate the time, Cade. Awesome. Thank you all. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. Bring your own guts! It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. DJ Spiller! No one's gonna touch it! And your 
biggest heartbreaks. Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Watson. Touchdown! And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. Welcome back. This is the Western Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Man, when you play Clemson and they're really good and they keep scoring, you sure do get tired of hearing that. Let me tell you. Uh, I've been on uh, both sides of the coin there, man. But uh, you definitely will learn how to spell Clemson Even in Winston-Salem? Because you only played Death Valley once, right? Yes, we played them twice. We ended up playing them twice uh, in Winston-Salem beat them uh, each time. There you go. Yeah, we beat them each time. All right. We took well, care of business. Okay, well, good. Wake Forest is the real ACC power. <laughs> um, which led to the one game when we blew them out, and I was questioning what was going on. Like, I legit was like, whoa, this game is not going like I thought it was going to go. Not that I thought we'd lose, but I was like, man, we're really it beating It sounds like you thought you were going to lose. But this is team week. We're talking about the Clemson Tigers, and we go to the offensive side of the football. To give you a little bit of a recap of what this team did last season, they averaged 33 points per game, 33.2 to be exact. That placed them fourth. In the ACC, they were fourth in total offensive touchdowns. They were fifth in yards per game, sixth in pass efficiency. Led the ACC in rushing attempts, 546 of those, but only eighth in yards per attempt last season. So definitely dink and dunk type of passing game they had. Ninth in turnover margin, that's another thing you don't want to see. If you're a Clemson football fan, especially with the type of defenses that they house, you do not want to turn the football over more than they can get it back for you. But his offense was also second in third down conversions. They were sixth in sacks against. And then they had the number one red zone offense in the ACC. And I think they really took advantage of the size of DJ Uyangalale along with Will Shipley down in that area. And then also Davis Allen was a big target as well at that tight end position and a very underrated player. But enter Garrett Riley that comes over. They fired Brandon Streeter from being the offensive coordinator after what many in Clemson would consider a lackluster offensive season. He was announced as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of January 13th of 2023. He joined Clemson from TCU where he served as the team's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach there. Helped lead TCU to a 13-2 and record, Fiesta Bowl title, and berth in the college football playoff national championship game where they got steamrolled by the Georgia Bulldogs. He came to TCU following a 2021 or he came to TCU in 2021 in which they finished five and seven and produced the nation's 65th ranked offense but after Garrett Riley got his hands on him he transformed the unit into the ninth ranked offense in the country in terms of scoring at around 39 points per game and also they led the FBS with 22 plays from scrimmage of 50 yards or more so when you look at why 
did they bring in Garrett Riley? Why did they pay him as much as any assistant in the country, talking $2 million to be exact? I think we just hit it with that last stat when you're talking about 22 plays from scrimmage of 50-plus yards. When I just told you that this was a unit that ranked in the bottom half when you talk about yards per pass attempt. They don't want to see that in Clemson. They want to see high-flying offenses. They want to see the scoreboard just on fire because of what they're doing. With K Club Nick, a guy that they seem to believe in a ton. This is a Clemson offense that definitely wants to get back to the days of yesteryear where they were just absolutely hanging close to, if not over 40 points per game. Wes, do you know how many times DJU threw for over 250 yards last year? How many times? Once. Yeah. And it took two overtimes for him to do it against your Wake Forest Demon Deacons when he threw for 370 yards. Cade Klubnick, in two of his overall starts, where he got to play the entire game, he threw for 279 against North Carolina, and he threw for 320 against Tennessee. Now, they did lose that Tennessee bowl game 31-14. to They did beat North Carolina 39-10. to And that was a huge win when you talk about what they were able to do in the ACC championship and how it allowed you to feel good about Cade Klubnick going forward. And now, now they're going full on with their starting QB. Look, it's just the passing offense. Wes talked about it. You're talking about the total passing yards going up quite a bit because th- this has been a guy that they allowed to play that way. Regardless of how you feel about DJU compared to Kate Klumnik, whatever, that coaching staff, they did coach a little scared with not allowing DJU to sling mm-hmm. it all over the yard, and they did so with Cade. And even if you lose against Tennessee, there was two interceptions, whatever, I, I do expect this offense to get back to something close to what they were. No, maybe not Trevor Lawrence level outright. No, maybe not Deshaun Watson level outright. But they are going to get way closer to that than what you had last season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so when you look at this group, this was a program that definitely has been lacking in the skill player department in the last few seasons. This was uh, a university where we saw Sammy Watkins come through there. We saw Nuke Hopkins uh, as a more recent memory. We saw T. Higgins come through there. We saw uh, Justin Ross and what he was able to do in his freshman year. And so the next guy that looks to be the player who could step up and really get back to Clemson having that wide receiver reputation is Antonio Williams. And this was a player last year that he was a freshman All-American from multiple different sources. He had 56 catches for 600 yards and four touchdowns on 690 snaps. Uh, He's a very smooth receiver, not a very big receiver, 5'11", 195 pounds. Out of Dutch Fork High School in Irmo, South Carolina, but I do like his game. The only thing that worries me a little bit about him is the fact that I feel like he may be more of a two than a one. He may be more of a complimentary wide receiver than an all-star stud that's just going to change games and dominate football games, but Antonio Williams is definitely the guy to watch for this receiving core uh, as we look ahead to this passing game that they do want to get more explosive. I I think that's why if you believe in Clemson's offense, then you're believing in the change working for the better, which I don't know how you couldn't. I mean, even with Kate Klubnick, I know you're not completely sold on him, but Kate Klubnick is going to have better passing totals than DJU. We did see against North Carolina, he was fantastic. Also, the argument against that is North Carolina's defense was god-awful yes. last season. He did have some great throws. He did have, even against Syracuse, when he didn't play the whole game, it's not like he came in and lit it up. 
But that was a real nice throw in a meaningful moment with that two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. He rolls out to the right, kind of a cross-body throw to the back of the end zone to the left side of the field, and that's what you like about what Cade Klubnik can bring you. Now you pair him with Garrett Riley, mm-hmm. who just achieved all those stats that you talked about mm-hmm. to lead us off in this offensive conversation. Yeah, man, I think you're going to see, I mean, Wes, we could see a monster change from what we saw last season. And so interesting that you bring that up because do you feel like that Garrett Riley is going to be under the most scrutiny and have the most pressure of any assistant coach in the country in college football this year? Because I say yes. I don't think so. The reason I don't think he's going to have more pressure than everybody, it's because you don't have to do all that much to be a better passing offense than what you were last season. Mm -hmm. And even with that, Wes, here we are talking about how bad the offense was, and Clemson lost two games. Clemson lost, at least, and not including the bowl game, I should say. Mm -hmm. So you lost against... Notre Dame, you lost against South Carolina, and then eventually you lost against Tennessee in the bowl game. So they lost three times with the offense that you saw last year, and it was not good. What were they, 66th? Mm-hmm. The 66th in passing uh, offense? And again, two of the higher totals was had by Cade Klubnik. You had the first one with DJU in two overtimes, and then the next two highest passing performances were from Cade Klubnik in two of the you know only games that he started. Yeah, I, I think... There's pressure for sure, but to say that he has the most pressure, I think there's going to be a baked-in cushion when you talk about how bad it was last year and they still won games. Man, if your offense is any kind of explosive, I still expect them to win games, and we're not going to hold a lot of scrutiny towards uh, uh, Garrett Riley with what he's able to well, do. Well, this is why I say yes, because, uh, and I round it to $2 million, but he's going to make $1.75, but that still places him fourth in the country when you talk about head coaching salaries. And if you really want to get technical, uh, it's third because Jeff Lebby and Tommy Rees of Oklahoma and Alabama, respectively, each make $1.9 million. But as far as what he's been tasked to do, uh, they've talked about how – we heard DJU when he left talked about the offense and how simplistic it could be. And now he's coming in with all of this gas saying how the offense, we heard from defensive players when I talked to Barrett Carter after the spring game saying how the offense, you don't know what's coming at you. Guys crossing here, crossing there, how explosive they are. This is a team that wants to get back to the college football playoff. So after you get rid of a Brandon Streeter after one season as the offensive coordinator, yeah, you're going to have pressure coming in immensely. The Clemson fans want to get back to scoring a lot of points and if things don't work out then they're going to say well maybe Streeter wasn't the problem and then maybe you start to look at the personnel and say maybe Garrett Riley isn't what we thought especially I know he was playing Georgia I know how good that defense was I saw half of them get drafted well, to the Philadelphia with the, with the, Eagles yeah. but man they <laughs> got drugged they made that offense look like I mean, they weren't hitting on a hill of beans that, but Wes that is a lot of but but it was. but 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 that was a lot of it buts was. and that completely ignores that they were the underdog against Michigan, against a team that also sure. got there based off of what was a great defensive unit. Sure, no doubt. And they beat that team, and mm-hmm. they got to the championship game. I, I mean, Wes, honestly, I don't even think he has the most pressure among any coordinator in wow. the conference. Wow. Not even the country. What about Chip Lindsey, man? Chip Lindsey is a new OC coming over to North Carolina. Yeah. yeah, Fiddy likes it. But, yeah, Chip Lindsey comes over, and this is your time if you're North Carolina. Because you got Drake May for one more season, mm-hmm. and he's gone. And he's going to be the second overall pick. 
uh, in the NFL draft right behind Caleb Williams. If Chimp Lindsey comes over here and they don't win any more than eight games and you still have the kind of crumble that you did, you lose to NC State again mm-hmm. with Drake May as your starting quarterback. I even think he's the guy. Chip Lindsey is the guy with more pressure as a coordinator compared to what Garrett Riley has in Clemson. Yeah, well, see, my thing is with, with Lindsey, I feel like the pressure for him is for Drake May to be Drake May. As long as he does that and Carolina wins eight, nine games, I think he'll be okay. But the expectations of Garrett Riley is to get this offense back to a college football playoff level. And so I think that's why there's the most pressure on him clearly in the ACC. And one of the most uh, pressurized hires in all of college football because Clemson fans want to go back to the CFP. But real quick, we're up against it. Who is the X factor for this Clemson offense, in your opinion? Uh, Will Shipley, probably. I mean, not X factor, but I just expect that he's going to do a lot of nice work with this team. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Mark Ryan joins us from the Fan Upstate. You can find him on Twitter, at Mark Ryan on air, talking about some Clemson football. Joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mark, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? It's fantastic to be with you guys, man. We are raring to go, and let me tell you, some pressure on Dabo Sweeney this year. Man, he's got a good radio voice. Well, yeah, he's a professional, right? You don't you don't put your Twitter handle blank on air for nothing. This so Mark Ryan on air is going to be the radio professional that he is, and he's already going to a quintessential radio question, bringing up pressure, steering the conversation. That's how you know he's just a fantastic driver. I'll go there. I'll go where you're steering me, Mark. Mark, we've had the pressure conversation quite a bit. We've talked about both coordinators in Wes Goodwin and Garrett Riley. You bring it up on Dabo Sweeney. We can also look at quarterback Cade Klubnick because we haven't had good, really good quarterback play with Clemson since the generational kid and Trevor Lawrence. Out of all those figures I just mentioned, who do you think has the most pressure to perform this year? You know, look, guys, I, I think Cade is under a significant amount of pressure. You know, th- th- there's a very clear medal stand uh, in terms of Clemson quarterbacks. You got Deshaun Watson as the gold medal winner, Trevor Lawrence as the silver, Taj Boyd as the bronze. In order for Clemson to achieve best is the standard, which is Davo Sweeney's mantra, Cade has got to get onto that medal stand. And as you know, they weren't close to that the last couple of years with the mess of a situation known as DJ Uyangalale at that position. Mark, what is your confidence level in Cade Klubnik putting it together this year and getting to that medal you know, stand? It's, it's, it's high because of the belief in Garrett Riley, right? And, and the belief in what Garrett Riley can do with him in that system. We were doing some statistical projections on the show yesterday, guys. And, um, you know, I think Cade Klubnik is, you know, I, I put out there about a 63% completion percentage. 32 touchdowns, 11 picks, a quarterback rating of about 141. Now, that would be 
in between where they were with DJ and where they were with Deshaun and Trevor. And for year one, Cade Klubnick is the full-time starter. That wouldn't be half bad. I would just say it can't be all on him right from the get-go in year one. He also has a penchant for making the, the errant throw or the bad decision, and he's got to get through that this year. In terms of raw ability, in terms of raw talent, he's got significantly more of that than some starters in the NFL today. Mark Ryan joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Mark Ryan on air. Mark is spelled with a C. And so, Mark, continuing on talking about this offense and Garrett Riley, we know that he's one of the top paid assistants in college football, and you can add your voice to this debate for us. But how much pressure is he under this season when talking about his reputation coming over from TCU, having an explosive offense that is very aggressive and attacks? How much pressure is he under to get this offense back to the levels they once were, where they were around 40 points or over 40 points per game? Well, first of all, Wes, I thank you for mentioning that my name is spelled with a C, even though Marks with a C have 37% less testosterone than Marks with a K. Wow. I've somehow survived survived up until that point. But Garrett Riley, uh, look, uh, he he was brought here under the cover of darkness, right? They weren't going to make a change from Brandon Streeter last year unless Garrett Riley said yes. In other words, you know, in other words, Brandon Streeter never knew that Clemson was cheating on him with somebody else. And unless he committed, Streeter would still be here. They got the one guy that they would have made a change for, and now he's here. And, of course, the brother of Lincoln Riley. And we all saw what he did with TCU last year. I don't know if there was a program in college football, gentlemen, that got more out of less than TCU did. They made it to the national championship game with a four-year average recruiting ranking of 48. Now think about that for a minute. That, that, that largely opens the door for everybody, and Garrett Riley was a huge part of that. Now, what he's going to do is he's going to spread the field. Uh, he is going to use the middle of the field, which is something Brandon Streeter did not do last year. Look for a massive season from Jake Brinningstool. And look for these, this much-maligned wide receiving core to really get on track and potentially for... Clemson to have its first thousand yard receiver in three years. Mark, it's great that you brought up the receiving core because I feel like Antonio Williams, in my opinion, is more of a two than a one, even though I do like him. Bo Collins has flashed, but he can't stay healthy. We'll see what Adam Randall and some of the others bring to the table. But which group do you trust more to be more of an integral part of this offense? Is it this receiving core and them stepping up, or is it the run game that they have with Will Shipley and Phil Maffa? Yeah, they've got the thunder and lightning combo there, Wes, indeed, between those two. And I think when you've got a young quarterback and a new offense, what do you lean on? You lean on what makes you comfortable, right? And that is going to be the running game. Now, uh, I do expect it to be balanced. I expect as the season to go along for you to see more explosive plays in the passing game, more downfield passing. But especially first part of the year, new system, you're going to lean on Will Shipley and Phil Maffa. For my money, guys, in terms of running back tandem, the number one tandem in America. Mark Ryan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, continuing Clemson Team Week. And Mark, you brought up Jake Brenningstool, a guy that could have a big year. What are some other names that people aren't talking enough about? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, Adam Randall is certainly one of them on, on that side of the ball. And 
I'll tell you, they're really excited about a freshman, Noble Johnson, who has turned some heads with his speed here early early in camp. Look, you got Bo Collins, Antonio Williams, Adam Randall. Wes, I heard you mention, you know, Antonio Williams could be more of a two. They'd like to use him in a Percy Harvin type of role, right? Um, to, you know, a Debo Samuel, Percy Harvin type of role. That type of role typically doesn't produce a 1,000 yards receiving, but it might get you three or 400 yards rushing as well. So, again, it's, it's who is going to be the number one wide receiver, and I think that position, guys, is very, very much open. You know, but they, they really like some of the young freshman wide receivers on that team. Uh, and Noble Johnson is a guy that has turned serious heads here in camp. Mark, and then when we turn over to the defensive side of the ball, when you look at the stats last year, Miles Murphy led the Clemson edge guys with six and a half sacks. And this is a group that we know has a rich defensive line tradition, but the pass rushers haven't been as dominant as some in recent uh, memory. And so when you look at guys like a Justin Mascall or Xavier Thomas, who still has yet to uh, cash in on the potential that many thought he had when he was a freshman, how important is this front four going to be? Because the back seven looks great, but do you feel like they're missing something on those edges, especially at the uh, the defensive ends? That they could, but it's going to depend, West, on exactly how healthy Xavier Thomas can stay. As you guys know, he is now a sixth-year senior, and he's a guy that, that came in with all of the fanfare. And it's not that he's been a disappointment. The disappointment is that he can't stay healthy, right? I always say the best ability is availability, and you can't make the club in the tub. Xavier Thomas has got to stay healthy this year because you're right. In terms of that back seven, Six of those seven guys are returning starters. The linebacking core featuring Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Barrett Carter, number one in America right now. So how much pressure can that front four create? Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas. Xavier Thomas's health, to me, gentlemen, might be the key to the entire season. Mark, how does this team compare to the last couple of years? And actually, even just some more of their successful squads, when we see them getting to the college football playoff, because we can see them getting to the ACC championship game, winning the entire thing, but still not getting to the playoff last year. Is this a team that compares closely to some of those other playoff berth squads? Well, Walker, I, I, will, I will tell you this. There is a real interesting dividing line. I'm a big guy in life in terms of seeing shades of gray, right? There, is no, there are no shades of gray with Clemson this year. Either they make the college football playoff or the season was a failure. Just winning the ACC, a conference I affectionately refer to as uh, the All Cupcakes Conference, is not going to be good enough, right? It's not going to be good enough. They're going to have to get back to the college football playoff this year. I am not a huge believer in Florida State. They went 5-3 and three in the ACC last year. I think they're the most overrated team in America. And I think Clemson is far and away the best team um, in this league, right? So I, I believe they have what it takes at quarterback in terms of talent, in terms of offensive coordinator, in terms of inventiveness. The big concern here with Clemson is, is Dabo an old-school coach in a new-school era? And is he willing to adapt his ways to win at the highest level in the modern era? Let's be honest, guys. Name, image, and likeness does not benefit a tiny market in a tiny town like Clemson the way it does a Miami. So if you're not going to open the coffers and essentially pay for players, is Dabo willing to use the transfer portal 
as you guys know, he's been very reticent to do that. So that is the concern that Clemson fans have right now, that potentially Dabo might rather leave than adapt to the current way of doing things to win at the highest level in college football. You're listening to Mark Ryan from The Fan Upstate. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Ryan on air. That's Mark with a C. And Mark, when you talk about Will Shipley, he had 1,748 total yards last season, rushed for 15 touchdowns. Do you feel like that he's getting enough credit, and how great can this Garrett Riley offense be for him? Does he have a chance to perhaps show up in New York? I think he absolutely does. And the challenge for Will Shipley, guys, is he's got to go from good to great this year. right? He's been good. He's been very good. He has not been great. He is, we have not had that wow moment with Will Shipley yet that we heard about coming out, of, coming out of high school. So what do you do? You insert Garrett Riley. Now what you have is a Christian McCaffrey-type back who's going to be utilized in the passing game more as well, not just between the tackles. I think what's going to floor you guys when the season begins is are all the different ways Will Shipley is used, from screens to flat passes to fly patterns, right, to the passing game, to different uses in the running game, to sweeps. Garrett Riley is going to stop at nothing to get the ball in his hands, remembering as well the, the pressure that that takes off of Cade Klubnick. Mark, final thing here, a couple of final things, actually, before we uh, end the interview today. I know you're a Florida grad. We've been talking a lot about the Swamp Kings documentary, both on and off the air. What would you think about it? What were some of your main takeaways? You know, guys, I don't, I don't get why Florida fans can't wrap their heads around this, but Urban Meyer is the best coach in Florida Gator history, and it isn't particularly close. And you could look at any highly achieving program and find warts, and find flaws, and find players that are in trouble, right? Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, current national champions, they run their life like they're playing the video in Gran Turismo. Okay, so I, 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 I look at that. I remember that area fondly. I feel like, obviously, Tim Tebow was the glue that kept all of that together. And it was one of the most special times in college football history because it's one of the last true mini-dynasties that we had before the landscape of college football change forever mark ryan joining us on the body works plus guest hotline that's mark with a c and 100 the testosterone you can check him out on the fan upstate as well follow him on twitter at mark ryan on air we appreciate it mark thanks for the time man hey guys thanks mark happy to join you anytime have a great one mcdonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. Bring your own guts! It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. DJ Spiller! No one's going to touch it! And your biggest heartbreaks. Hunter! Renfro, little man makes another enormous play. 
It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Watson. Touchdown! And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. That's right. We're still talking about those Clemson Tigers today. We talk about the defense led by defensive coordinator Wes Goodwin and co-defensive coordinator on the Clemson staff, Mickey Kahn. But when we're talking about Wes Goodwin and how did this defense do under him last season? Well, first, Coach Goodwin was named Clemson's defensive coordinator and linebackers coach on December 14, 2021 prior to the win over Iowa State in the 2021 Cheez-It Bowl. In his first full season as defensive coordinator in 2022, Clemson ranked in the top 25 nationally in points allowed per game, rushing yards allowed per game, yards allowed per carry, sacks, tackles for loss, passes defended, and opponent fourth down percentage. So those are a lot of awesome Statistics when you talk about this Clemson defense and the standard they've set over the years. They were also fifth in the ACC in red zone defense. So this is a unit coming back that's got some key pieces back into the fold and a unit that's looking to be even better than what they were last year. So last year, their biggest problem was their passing defense. They ranked 76th nationally, but they do have Xavier Thomas, who is going to help with the pass rush, six-year defensive end, so an older, more experienced guy on the defensive line. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And then you have, oh, you don't like Xavier Thomas. Man, we've been hearing about that forever and ever. Okay. He gets hurt a lot. I mean, I like him. He definitely came onto the scene. If you remember that big sack against Syracuse about four years ago, he blew Eric Dungy up at the end of that game, and everybody thought he was about to be the next guy, but he's kind of been a lot of potential that has not been realized. So it's really all been health, so I guess that's fair, but if he's healthy, then you believe in the ability to contribute for this defensive line? Not really. Okay. Uh, to be well, frank. All right. So Xavier Thomas. <laughs> Never mind. Not really. Forget- I mean, this is a guy that even when he has been healthy, he still hasn't gotten back to that impact. Because for one, I thought he got too big. When he came in, he was around 240, 245. He was definitely cat quick off of that edge. And then he put on a, a good bit of weight. The guy's built like a, a Greek god. But I thought he put on too much weight there. So, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm not too high on him. And, and I put that also into our questions as to where they can discover uh, those great edge players that they've had in the past. So Xavier Thomas, not having a fan in one Wes Bryant. Um, (laughs) Only played two games, though, last year. Only played against Boston College and Florida State. So you might be right. I mean, maybe Xavier Thomas doesn't put it together. I don't know if you can put a whole lot of stock into someone that only played two games last year. But if he's healthy, that is certainly going... It's better to have him at your disposal than to not have him at all, like what happened in 2022. But even if you didn't think he was going to provide a big impact, you do have Nate Wiggins, who people consider a rising star within the secondary. And that's going to help them finish a little better in that passing defense. But Wes, it all starts in the middle. I mean, that linebacker duo that you have in Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., those guys are going to be a force to be reckoned with. No question about it. And to give some love back to the defensive line, uh, also, 
you talk about the middle with those linebackers, those guys also in the middle that keep them protected are pretty disruptive. When you talk about Tyler Davis, an all-ACC uh, defender, and Rook Aroro, that is one of the uh, better names in college football, but you're talking about nine and a half sacks and 17 and a half tackles for loss between your two D tackles. So those guys, uh, they make it hard on you. And then also look out for Peter Woods. Uh, the true freshman. This guy's coming in. He's about 330, 340 pounds. You could eat dinner off of his back. I've seen him close okay. up in person. This guy's <laughs> back is as wide as a refrigerator, and he looks like he's going to be the next great Clemson interior defender. Then you talk about, uh, like you said, those linebackers, Trotter, and then you talk about Bear Carter. And neither one of them are huge guys. And Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you might have known his dad, Jeremiah Trotter. That monster. was an absolute monster. And so is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at Clemson. 92 tackles he had last year, 13 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. But he's also got range when you talk about him having six pass breakups last season and had some interceptions to boot, including a pick six against South Carolina. And then Bear Carter, no slouch of his own, 77 tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks. This is probably the best linebacker duo in the country. And I think Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is definitely one of the front runners for the Buckets. And Bear Carter is probably right in there with him. But, yes, when you talk about the secondary uh, last season, they got picked apart by Wake Forest, and they had some games where they definitely gave up some plays. Uh, when you talk about Nate Wiggins, he's starting to pick up some NFL draft uh, love as far as being a guy that scouts are coveting to this point. Andrew Makuba's another guy, all ACC safety prospect. Sheridan Jones, he's had a lot of potential since he's gotten there. R.J. Mickens is also another key contributor in the secondary. But in my opinion, it all starts with Justin Masco and Xavier Thomas. And then you have T.J. Parker and some other guys that will be in the mix as pass rushers. But this is a group last year where your leading sacker was Miles Murphy, who I thought was a little bit underwhelming in his own right with only six and a half sacks with all the athletic talent that he has. But just not a lot of production from the defensive ends last year. A lot of the sacks came from the interior guys. And so that's the thing you want to see from Clemson. Can they get back to the times of the Gaines Adamses and the Vic Beasleys and some of those dogs that they had coming off that edge. All right, so you brought up Aurora. He could have gone to the NFL because of his NFL draft stock, but decides to come back and play for Clemson another year. But also Peter Woods is getting a lot of praise. So if you look at Peter Woods, Dabo said... Woods is ahead of where Christian Wilkins and Brian Brissee were at the same point in their careers. He was the number four recruit in his class last year. So being good, it's not necessarily a surprise. But if you're ahead of where a star like Christian Wilkins was and Brian Brissee, who apparently I, th I think people like him down with the Saints training camp. I think I've seen some good comments yeah. and certainly a talented guy. That's a monster thing to have up front to help you out with a guy that you mentioned how much you like at a Parker. And we'll see if Xavier Thomas, even just being available, Thomas to provide some kind of depth, even if he's not going to live up to the top five billing, that would certainly help to go on top of a secondary you believe in. Clemson, if you believe in Clemson overall, you think the offense is going to get better? I don't – look, the passing offense has to get better, okay? Kate Klubnick had two of the top three passing performances last year and only started two games. <laughs> so in both of the games he appeared in, he threw for over 250 yards, something DJU only did once. And then defensively, I can't see them ranking 76th in passing defense again, especially with some of the talent that they have coming back and improving up front. I – 
Clemson, this is why you believe in them to beat Florida State in the conference and to possibly get back to the college football playoff as a top four team. Yeah, and one of the reasons why Clemson did have so much success, let's not get get it twisted, Brent Venables running that defense. And so yeah. I'll ask you as we're up against the break, do you think that Wes Goodwin is under tremendous pressure this season and if this Clemson defense doesn't, play up to elite standards that he may be uh, looking elsewhere for employment next year. Yeah, I, I think maybe he has more pressure than Riley Leonard. If Riley Leonard can't... Oh, you fit, mean Grant Ry- Garrett Riley. I've done that a million times. It's all good. It happens. Oh, Garrett these Riley. Rileys in the ACC. <laughs> I need one of them to leave. Yeah. Okay, Riley, go to the NFL already. But no, with Garrett Riley coming in, I think Goodwin has more pressure. Because if Garrett Riley... One, I just expect him to figure it out. I feel so confident the question doesn't even really enter my mind. But even if you don't live up to expectations, that will mean two offensive coordinators that Kay Klumnick didn't figure it out with. So at that point, we just point to Kay as being the problem yeah. and not being Garrett Riley. On defense, you got enough talent where even if you weren't great passing defense-wise, you still were a good overall defense that kept you win games. It allowed you to win the ACC championship despite not having a prolific offense. So Goodwin is the guy, yeah, if you don't get back to some kind of elite status to help out your offense maybe this upcoming season, Goodwin is the guy I'll agree with you more so than Garrett Riley as far as having the pressure. Yeah, I definitely think though Wes Goodwin's going to be under a lot of pressure. I don't think as much as Garrett Riley, but I do think that Wes Goodwin, he's going to need to get this Clemson defense to, they already were in good standings last year, but this defense wants to be great. They want to be elite. They want to be college football playoff championship winning caliber defense. So we'll see if he indeed does get the job done. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Lawton Swan joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Lawton Swan. He covers the Clemson Tigers for ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Lawton, what's going on, my man? Hey, Wes. I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. So we had Will Shipley on earlier talking about these Clemson Tigers. We just went through the schedule. I've got them 10-2. My man Walker Mail's got them going 11-1. and But how do you see Clemson's season shaping up under Garrett Riley at offensive coordinator at uh, also Cade Klubnick stepping in at quarterback? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I think there are a lot of people out there, Wes, if you look at last season, they really wanted to see Kate Klubnick a little bit sooner than you really got to. And, you know, he really came on to the scene in that matchup against North Carolina in the ACC championship and then obviously playing in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee once DJ Uyunglele decided that he wasn't going to come back to Tigertown. So I think with all of that and what you saw, there was a, a bit of a tempo change when he was in the game. And I think that was a refreshed feeling for a lot of people. And then the offseason hire that you mentioned, you know, Dabo Sweeney going out and, and bringing in 
Garrett Riley. I, I think, you know, that's – I was watching, I'll tell you this, I was watching the Johnny Manziel documentary the other week, and the thing that I didn't realize when I was watching it initially was that Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator when Manziel won the Heisman Trophy. Now, I'm not trying to equate that Kay Klubnick will go on to win a Heisman Trophy at Clemson in this system, but while there are different iterations of that air raid offense, what we do know is that Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley, and uh, and Cliff Kingsbury all kind of come from that same tutelage and kind of have a, a similar system. So I could see where, you know, if this this team can play at the highest level at wide receiver with Cade Klubnick and all of the things that he brings to the table, maybe even his ability to rush the football, it could be a special season. And I don't think you guys are so far gone with, you know, 10-2 and two and 11-1 and one predictions. I think you look at the schedule, they'll probably be favored in the majority of the games, if not all. And uh, you can make the argument their two toughest games are at home with Florida State and Notre Dame. And then, Lawton, also, when you when you talk about this schedule, where do you see maybe the potential pitfalls? I know you just mentioned a couple of matchups right there. Are there any, uh, you know, big matchups where you're really looking to those and saying, hey, this could determine their season? Well, so I always think week one is funny. And I know you being a former player, you kind of understand this. The ball bounces a strange way that opening weekend, and you never know. The other thing, too, that I think will maybe influence some things is the new clock management. You know, how many possessions do teams get? And we really don't know it, right? It's all kind of mythical at this point because of the, the clock not stopping like we're accustomed to it doing at the collegiate level. So if you lose some possessions per game, then maybe some teams that can figure out a way uh, to possess the ball a little longer can keep the, you know, kind of play a game of keep away from some of these high-powered offenses. And we'll see if that does end up popping up. Games I'd watch out for, obviously, I think North Carolina and, and then that matchup at the end of the season, you know, with South Carolina. The fact that the Gamecocks went into Death Valley and kind of shocked everybody coming from behind being down 14 to win at 31-30. Uh, Dabo Sweeney has kind of insinuated when I was talking with him at the ACC kickoff that he feels like that game may have actually kept Clemson out of the playoff a year ago. So I don't think Clemson feels too far from the college football playoff conversation. But there are some, uh, as you might call them, landmines along the way. But those are the four that I'd, I'd really look at is the two I mentioned earlier with Florida State and Notre Dame and then that North Carolina-South Carolina swing that you've got at the back end. The good news is next week up in Charlotte, everybody will get a chance to see the Tar Heels and the Gamecocks facing off. So for Clemson fans, even though you're a long way off from those games, you might get a little preview of what those two teams could look like later on in November. That's the voice of Lawton Swan, ClemsonSportsTalk.com on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Lawton, we've talked a lot about the quarterback exchange. A lot of people have. The offense, how different it could look, not only with Garrett Riley, but also Cade Klubnick. You go back last year, you see DJU only throw for 250 yards one time, and that was in a double overtime game against Wake Forest. Is it safe to say, is it fair, I should say, to say that DJU held back this offense last year? Woo, man, I tell you, if you listen to DJ, he kind of feels the, the exact opposite. Right. So, <laughs> right. You know, I, my, my thing is this, and, and I'll be honest, I think you're going to know for sure after about three weeks in the season. And the reason I say that is, is because, you know, when we were in school and that science professor was trying to teach us about variables, and we didn't really understand what he was talking about. Well, now we do if you look at college football because whatever DJ does at, at Oregon State will be indicative of whether or not, you know, this was a Clemson thing or a DJ thing because you've separated the two. 
And then you've also kind of added in that variable of Garrett Riley versus Brandon Streeter, which may influence the, the, the situation in Tigertown. But I think you'll quickly know. If DJ goes out to Oregon State and just looks like, like the player that we thought he was, right? Like on the Dr. Pepper commercial two years ago before Georgia and, and Clemson faced off there in Charlotte in the season opener, and Georgia goes on to win back-to-back national titles. You know, he was the face of college football. I mean, I think people may have forgotten that because he sort of vanished. But going into that season, DJ was the face of college football. And so if he goes out and just blows up at Oregon State, then I think you can say, yeah, there was something at Clemson that was wrong. Uh, but if he kind of looks like, yeah, if he looks like the guy he was in Tigertown, then I think you got to say, hey, maybe, maybe DJ is not quite as invested in football uh, as he, he maybe uh, was either A, projected to be, or, or B, as much as maybe his dad and other people around him would like him to be. Yeah, I was going to say, the variable talk scared me back then in middle school. It took a while to learn independent and dependent <laughs> variables, okay? It just took a little bit longer than everyone else. Final question before we get you out of here, Lawton. Just considering guys' improvement from year to year, because that's the goal. Everybody gets better every single season. And the newcomers that come in and provide an immediate impact. How much more talented would you say this team is than last year, if it's safe to say that at all? Ooh, well, I think defensively, I think you'd have to say that they are with the young guys coming in. And I know the name everybody talks about is Peter Woods. And the best thing I can tell you about Peter Woods is this. Forget what he did in the spring game. But Don Munson, who's the voice of the Clemson Tigers, I had him on my show. And, again, for anybody out there listening, uh, you can just follow us on Twitter at Clemson Sports. Make it super easy. A lot easier than typing my name. But, um, you know, I talked to Don, and Don is the guy that's always pumped the brakes, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence goes undefeated, or goes undefeated, wins the national title. They go undefeated the next year, like into the LSU matchup in the national championship game. And I asked Don Munson, you know, if, if, if Trevor wins this ball game, is, is he potentially one of the great quarterbacks of all time? And Don Munson's a, whoa, 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 don't put the cart before the horse kind of guy, right? He never, never leans in on anything. Man, I asked him about Peter Woods, and Don Munson – I mean, he broke out the engineer's cap. I mean, he was he was driving that train, and he said he's not going to slow down the hype train on Peter Woods. So I think just Peter Woods and the guys, Stephon Green, uh, I, I think obviously T.J. Parker, I, I think those guys are all players as freshmen that can come in and play defensively for Clemson and could end up being you know solid backups because you've got you've got Tyler Davis and Rook Ororo in the middle. And then, obviously, a guy that everybody's kind of keeping their eyeballs on is what Xavier Thomas does off the edge for Clemson this year. But on the defensive side, yeah, I, I think so. I think they're obviously um, – the, the young guys have a chance to really be impactful uh, this season for Clemson. That was Lawton Swan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him at Lawton Swan on Twitter or his platform at Clemson Sports for all of your Clemson sports needs. Big Law, we'll see you down the road, my man. Hey, guys, anytime you need me, I'm here for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And now, without further ado, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, it is the man of the hour, Weddington's finest, Will Shipley. And I know the kids prefer the Instagram. You can follow him on the IG at Will Shipley one. Will, what's shaking, baby? What's up? What's up? I really appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, everything's going good over here in Tiger Town. Uh, just, just getting ready for a little Labor Day kickoff against Duke. Uh, but yeah, everything's going well. I really, really appreciate y'all having me on. No doubt about it, Will. And so let's let's get right into the thick of things. Coach Riley comes over, and we know, and I've heard in the springtime, I saw Barrett Carter's quotes, the, the great linebacker that you guys have, talking about how the offense attacks with the receivers and the crossing and all the different things and route combinations they that they do. But from a running back's perspective, what improvements have you seen upon the offense that you were running before? Uh, what do you like about Coach Riley's offense? Yeah, you know, to, to start off, just, um, you know, Coach Riley is an individual. Um, you know, he's, he's somebody you want to play for, um, you know, somebody that you're willing to lay it on the line for, and that's just his his personality. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that has a lot of fun, but, you know, right when he crosses those lines, similar to, you know, the mindset of a player, he, uh, you know, he, he flips it and he's ready to go. Um, and then, you know, conceptually, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff you see it at running back, but, um, you know, just being utilized in different ways. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, football truly is a game of matchups. Um, and if you can take advantage of, you know, the matchups on that particular week, um, you know, then you have a better chance of winning. And, and that's what he does. Is, uh, you know, he, he finds on the field where we can take advantage of it and, and puts us in a position to exceed, um, to succeed. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's nobody better in the country um, at doing that than, than, uh, than him. And, and, you know, just seeing that throughout the spring, throughout the summer, throughout fall camp, uh, he just puts us in position to win. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, it's really on us to take it to the next level and, uh, and, and be successful in that. All right, Will. And so tell us about how, you know, you made the jump, came in and had a very nice freshman year. And then this year you really uh, get things going when you talk about 1,748 all-purpose yards. Just tell us about uh, the back that you came into Clemson as and where you are at as we get ready to start the 2023 season. Yeah, you know, I've I've uh, continued to progress throughout my time at Clemson University, and uh, yeah, that's a huge testament to this program, to Coach Sweeney, to Coach Spiller, um, you know, all the coaches around me, as well as you know all, all the running backs I have, uh, you know, big name Phil Phil Moffat, he pushes me every single day, day in and day out, um, you know, to just continue to to get better. Um, but yeah, I've, I've gotten you know tremendously better since I first got here. Uh, I think one of the biggest things. Uh, I've noticed is just how much the game has slowed down. Uh, you know, that's a testament to you know, watching film and, and just uh, continuing to increase your IQ as uh, you, you learn more and become a better player. Um, and there's so many intricacies that, that go into it as well, you know, getting better physically. And, um, but I've, I've seen a huge jump mentally, and I think that's going to really open up windows for my physical game to, uh, to show off as well. 
Clemson running back Will Shipley joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Will, I want to get back to get Riley just a moment. How hard has it been to pick up the offense, and what are some uh, different things that you expect to be doing this year? Yeah, no, the, the offense has, has truly been uh, very easy to pick up. You know, I, I think we have a, a total of like three days of install, and then after that it's really just um, changing up the concepts, changing up the formations doing things along those lines um, to, to, to make it easy on the players. So everyone's picked it up really well. Uh, we've got a good idea headed into week one, um, you know, kind of what we have in the game plan and, and just going to, you know, over the next week continue to uh, increase that knowledge, get ready to go, um, and, and everybody's pumped over here. Has Garrett Riley gotten mad at you yet, Will, for not picking something up that you should have? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's really in his manner to, to get mad or frustrated <laughs> Um, you know, he, he really does understand the player's mindset, and that's what makes him so great. Um, you know, so he's just been helping us a ton, and, uh, you know, he, he gets on us. There's no doubt that he's hard on us, but, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, getting mad or, or consequences, you know, that's not really really in his playbook, uh, to, so to say, uh, which is great as a player. Um, you know, it's what we talk about in the locker room all the time. just had a conversation with, you know, Klubnik about it. It's like, the pressure that, that he takes off you by his coaching style and, um, you know, just the confidence that he instills in you is, is you know, like I said, just another one of the reasons he's, he's going to go down as one of the greats. Will, you talk about this team and everybody thought that last season was a down year for you guys, even though you still captured the ACC championship. And this program has been dynastic as far as the last decade when you talk about ACC play. But uh, how has it been around there as far as the team and the hunger to get back to the college football playoffs when you look around the landscape of the country? Do you feel like people have maybe even forgotten about the Tigers and how much of a chip has that put on you guys as you prepare for this season yeah um you know i, I think that uh to, to start off answering your question you know the, the outside noise is definitely fuel to our fire but um it's, it's not number one two three four or five and so on priority you know th- this team uh you know since i've been here going on in my third year it's the most hungry we've been uh the, the closest we've been and, you know, everybody just has a common goal. And, and, you know, kind of what we say is you're either helping that goal or hurting that goal by your actions. Um, you know, and, and this team has got the potential to be special. Um, you know, but so, so do a lot of other teams. So, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're hungry. We've got, we've got goals in mind uh, that, that we're willing to, you know, put everything on the line to, to reach. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of confidence and, and feel really good about where we're headed this year. Um, you know, with God's will, some luck and, and everything else in there. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we can get it done, not only get back to the playoffs, but, uh, you know, also have that ring on, on our finger at the end of the year. Will, so let's also talk about bringing back to the hometown. We know Weddington, the powerhouse program uh, that you come from. How excited uh, are you about this team again? Because they're one of the favorites to win uh, again this year. And I saw a little bit of the house call that you guys do uh, with the Clemson football video department. Just talk about Weddington, what that program means to you and what your hometown means to you. Yeah, you know, it, it means a huge deal to me. Um, I, I love, love getting asked questions about it um, because, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today without, without Weddington and what they've instilled in me. You know, I was, I was Weddington K through 12. Um, and, you know, from all the teachers to my classmates 
and then you get into you know the high school football program just um you know being historically successful because of you know the values that they instill in their players and the discipline that we have you know i've carried that on to this level and it's it's paid dividends um you know it's it's uh played a huge role in my success here um yeah so i, I love weddington i love coach capone um you know can't can't forget about coach carson my freshman year um you know they, they've done such a great job with that program so they uh, had a big opening night win 40 47 to 3 i think it was against cox mill or or uh, maybe it ended up even more than that but uh, i can't wait to see what they do this year they've got a bunch of studs on that team um you know coached by the the best high school football coach in North Carolina, no doubt about it, Coach Capone. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see how successful they are. But, yeah, huge shout-out to Weddington. Um, you know, I'm very proud to say that I'm from there. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll continue that on just as, as long as my success continues. Strong. There it is. Yeah, real strong. Well, and I also wanted to know, <laughs> well, just how strong you expect to be in the passing game this season because you clearly have that skill set about you. You had 38 receptions last year, 54 for your career. If I gave you an over-under on 54 receptions, what, do, you, do you think you'd be over for the career receptions? How involved in the passing game are you going to be? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, I, I think that it's going to play a, a big role um, you know, in, in our game plan, I think uh, it goes back to my, my first answer with just matchups. Um, you know, running back position is, is usually lined up against a linebacker or, uh, you know, a, a strong safety zone that comes down inside the box. And I think I can win that matchup, um, you know, 100% of the time, to be honest with you. Uh, so, you know, whatever Coach Riley sees fit is, is what I'm going to go on that field and do. Um, you know, I'm definitely hoping for the, for the over on mm-hmm. that, uh, I think just, just as any player would, um, you know, but I'm, I'm willing to do whatever, whatever it takes for this team to, uh, you know, get, get to where we want to go and, and ultimately win a national championship. All right. Well, I look, you've been professional. You've been great. We really appreciate the time. I, I need you to be a little petty for this next question, just a little bit, because I read somewhere, okay. I read somewhere that during the recruiting process, one coach actually told you to switch to lacrosse. That's an actual thing you heard and then became one of the more coveted prospects in all of college football. Now, you don't have to say his name. I know you don't want to give out the school, but do you check in on that coach every now and then just to see how successful he's doing, like what he's doing right now? How much do you pay attention to the guy that told you to play lacrosse? And then, of course, you'd go to rush for over 1,100 yards and catch for over 240. Yeah, um, you know it's a it's a hilarious story. You know, my my, my family and I go back on it and laugh all, all the time. Um, and you know, kind of alludes to to one of my previous answers. It's definitely fuel to the fire. Um, but you know, at the same time, I understand that in this profession and and with the success that you know I've had individually, that there's going to be people out there um, who who doubt me and who don't think that I can. Uh, you know, get to where I want to go. But, um, you know, hard work, dedication, the hours that you put in, all that stuff uh, cancels out. And and I'm so confident in myself from the uh, preparation that I put into this game and, and uh, just my love for the game. You know, I, I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. You know, I, I step out onto the field and it doesn't matter if I'm having a good day, a bad day. Um, you know, if one of my friends is down, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there and, and everything else just, uh, goes away and I, I i have a smile on my face i'm enjoying it i'm just thanking god for the opportunity to go out there and play um yeah so you know back to the story it, it's a hilarious one uh it's, it's very true for for any of the doubters out there um but yeah i, I definitely check up you know there see, you go see what he's doing um you know kind of <laughs> 
and, and, and able to, uh, you know, put a little grin on my face. Sometimes. There you go. You know, that's, that's kind of what, just, just what I'll leave it at. Um, but yeah, just, uh, continue to put in the hard work and preparation and just continue to prove the doubters wrong. You know, that's, that's really number one, number one thing. As he should. I love that. That's Will Shipley, Clemson running back. You can follow him on Twitter at Will Shipley 2021. And you can follow him on Instagram at Will Shipley one. And Will, we need some of those ship happens t-shirts uh down here when you get a chance you know what i'm saying i like those no doubt no doubt we need to get y'all some <laughs> all right we appreciate it man we'll see you down the road yep thank y'all so much I, I can't tell you how much i appreciate y'all having me on thank no you. doubt about it man just a great kid right there man great lacrosse player yeah no doubt about it it's the sound you've waited months to hear bring your own guts it's caused some of your greatest triumphs dj spiller and your biggest heartbreaks. Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Watson. Touchdown! And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. Closing it out strong on Wesson Walker. The first four games this upcoming season for Clemson. They'll start off with a doozy. It's going to be a lot of fun. September 4th, 8 p.m. kick on ESPN. They're going to be going to the dangerous Wallace Wade Stadium to take on the Duke Blue Devils. Riley Leonard, Mike Elko, just we're talking about them during the break. Will Shipley, we talked to, says they're getting ready for a very good Duke opponent. And Wes, I know who you're going to pick for this game. You're going to pick the Duke Blue Devils to beat the Clemson Tigers. But really what we want to know is do you have them beating Florida State at the very end of this quarter that we like to evaluate? For me, I have them going 3-1. and one. I have them beating Duke. I have them beating Charleston Southern. I have them beating FAU. And I got to lose into Florida State. Okay. Seminoles, pull off the upset. I don't even know how much of an upset it's going to be, but it's going to be one I would imagine at Death Valley. So give me the Seminoles. I'm sorry, Clemson fans. I know they're going to be coming for me on the text line, but you have the Tigers uh, suffering another loss. I don't feel like you're going to have them lose to FSU. Yeah, I'm a big home and away guy. Where's the game being played? And so for Duke, like I said, with that 9-4 record, all the starters coming back, I think they're walking into a very, very tough environment, which they're used to. Programs like Clemson, they're used to this, so it's not going to be necessarily the environment that is a big factor in them losing this game. But I just think the Duke football team, with everything they've got coming back, they're ready to go. So I got Duke uh, winning that first game. And then I have them winning three in a row, taking care of business against the Florida State uh, Seminoles, starting the season out three and one. All right, so we have the same record but different losses. You have Clemson losing right out of the gate, which is going to be fascinating to see how they respond, especially with a game like Florida State. It will be at home, and so we'll see what they do there. The second quarter of the season for Clemson, they're going to hit the road and take on Syracuse, who they always struggle with. If Dino Babers doesn't accomplish a single thing this year, you can feel confident that they're at least going to compete with one Clemson football squad. So on the road against Syracuse, home against Wake Forest, and then two other road games in a row, Miami and NC State. I've talked about how Clemson is going to have a shot to get to the college football playoff more so than what they did this past season. 
I do believe in this Clemson team, just like I believe in the Florida State team. Give me Clemson to run the table. So at that point, they go 7-1. and one. They beat Syracuse on the road. They beat Wake Forest at home, Miami on the road, and NC State on the road. They take care of business there. That'll take us through November, and I have Clemson with a 7-1 and one record at that point. I have the same thing. I've got them cleaning up uh, down the stretch. Just don't see a team. I know Syracuse, Dino's biggest win, uh, arguably, at Syracuse was when he was able to beat the Clemson Tigers uh, a few years back. So they always have a tough time uh, up there, but I think they get the job done. Wake, man, as much as I'd love to pick us to get some get back, but going to Death Valley, I think we had a great shot to beat them last year. Did not do that. They just can't beat Clemson. Dave Clawson just can't beat Clemson. Has not done so since he's been there. I don't think it starts this season. Then uh, Miami, I think they go down to Coral Gables against what I think will be an improved Miami team. I think that'll be a really good game, but I think they win that one uh, on the road. And I think uh, NC State, again, uh, offensively, if Brennan Armstrong and the crew is rocking and rolling, I could see this being a potential pitfall for the Tigers, but I still think they go into Raleigh uh, and get it done in a place that they have owned them and have owned NC State pretty much outside of uh, NC State's win from a couple of years ago at home. See, I've angered a couple of my favorite Clemson fans on the planet. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Moose. Big Cat Dan, I know you're mad at me. Big Cat Dan said Duke and FSU losses by LOL. Moose said Florida State hadn't beaten anyone and couldn't beat a worse team last year at home, Walker. And Duke is a little scarier, but they don't have the athletes. Syracuse is always a trap game, and that and Notre Dame are the only ones I'm concerned with. Any of these other games, I know you talked about it a little bit but what was the hardest decision for you was there a hard decision for you outside of the duke game that you picked yeah i mean there are some games on the road that i think could be scary for them because i still don't think the offense is going to be prolific i think they'll be good enough but not prolific uh the miami game and the nc state game i think miami will be better i think tyler van dyke's going to be pretty good this year and it's on the road uh, as well, and we know how Miami gives it up. Like, if it's a team that they know, a team that's a big dog, then they're going to be loud and lit uh, for those games. So, depending on how Miami's doing, that could be a, a raucous environment for them to walk into. And then NC State's always tough. We know the rivalry that they have. Uh, Brennan Armstrong and that offense are rolling, and the defense has been at least close to what they've been the last few years. I think those two could be hard games. But if I had to choose which one I thought uh, the most... I'd go with Miami because I've got Miami much improved uh, this year. All so, right. Cristobal uh, I'm Believer. Drinking a Kool Aid. Second year around. Last quarter of the season. We both have them 7 and 1. You have a loss against Duke. I have a loss against Florida State. Last four games at home against Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. At home again against North Carolina. And then they hit the road, go to Columbia, take on South Carolina after losing to them last season. Wes, I think I have them running the table here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have them with a one-loss record going into the ACC championship and the potential to go to the college football playoff. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Georgia Tech. North Carolina, I just... Clemson's just a bad matchup for them, man. I mean, it, it, they're a bad matchup for a lot of people. I know that seems weird to say, but North Carolina has to go against that defense, and I don't know if their defense is going to perform, and so that's always really tough, even if they have the QB that you think can keep up with the Clemson team like that. I just am not going to go with Drake May and that North Carolina squad, and I can't see South Carolina beating Clemson two years in a row. They go undefeated in the last quarter of the season. I have them going 11-1. and 
You got him losing? <laughs> you sound like you like happy because you know something that nobody else does. You just have a face like you got him losing because you. Well, want me to I mean, be able look, to you can't, you can't smile. Down the stretch, look. yeah, there, there are also some tough games. I just don't trust Sam Hartman enough in a big game to be able to beat. Uh, Clemson, especially on the road at Death Valley. I think those old Wake Forest memories will come. Uh, for him, Georgia Tech, they should be able to take care of easily, as they always do. North Carolina could be a very interesting game, but I think at Death Valley, uh, it's going to be a great throwback ACC matchup, but I still think Clemson, because I think Clemson's defense and running game are going to carry uh, this football team through a lot of these football games. But going to South Carolina. Oh, okay. Here we go. I think South Carolina is improving. I think they're on the rise. I think the way that they beat Clemson last year, that was huge for them to come into Death Valley and to be able to beat them. And when you look at this program, they were picked uh, by the SEC media to finish third uh, in the Eastern Division behind Tennessee and Georgia. Spencer Radler, uh, I'm going to believe that he's going to bounce back this year. Well, not bounce back, but he's going to continue his trajectory from the end of last season. They got great recruits coming in there like Nick Harbor and the crew. I'm going to go with South Carolina, man, at South Carolina in what is always a madhouse to go to to upset Clemson at the end of the year. And Clemson ends 10-2. and two. I know the Clemson fans may be waiting for me by my truck today, but that's okay. I got Clemson uh, losing to South Carolina to end the season. My question is, with two losses, is it Clemson that you still have going to the ACC championship game? Yeah, I do. I have Clemson still winning the league because they're only going to take one league loss, in my opinion. And then I think, uh, like I said, they lose to South Carolina, but they still get to Charlotte yeah. and uh, play for that I guess that's true. ACC championship in nine seasons. And you have a meeting Duke, right? Yes. That's what you think. All right. Yep. So Duke, a rematch. A rematch. Between Clemson and Duke at yep. the end of the season. we get that matchup twice. At the beginning of the season.